So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake. Hey, do you remember a guy called Michael Massey? No. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the pumpernickel of F1 podcasts. Pumpernickel. You've not watched Drive to Survive, no, I have you? No, but I, I like it. I don't need to now. Toto Wolf really loves pumpernickel. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, channeling our best Will Buxton this year to explain what this is. Netflix is a video streaming platform. Terry Saunders... Move to Berlin. Berlin is a city. A city is a congregation of several people, often with a cathedral. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that brings you a whole new set of rules, but the same old shit. No reinventions here. No, total reinvention. We've got ground effect podcasting this year. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake. Wait, I want go first poo. Oh, Chica, really? Come on, we've only just started. I have watched all of Drive to Survive like today, so I'm a bit obsessed. But Yuki Sonoda is amazing. There's a bit where he's about to go for a massage and he says, Wait, I won't go first poo. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he comes in for the massage, he says, That was a good poo. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast F1 deserves. I'm Chica La Ballastia Airs, and we're back by unpopular demand to reluctantly poke our head around the door of motorsport, widen our eyes at the clusterfucking, and then excitedly tell our friends about it over booze. Tonight, we're going to be talking about everything that has happened since 2022 happened, which is to say, testing Ukraine and Netflix. That is all to come. Joining me is a man who is celebrating our dear departed colleague. It's Phil Labalastia Tromans. Hi, everyone. There's been a lot going on since the end of the last season, but I think the main thing that's stuck in all of our minds is the absence of somebody very fond to us, 
which is of course Antonio Giovinazzi, who is no longer in Formula One, despite some speculation a couple of weeks ago. So to keep his memory alive, I have not cut my hair since we last oh, did an I episode. Fuck, I thought he was dead. Um, <laughs> and I killed him. No, I didn't. Uh, I've not cut my hair, so I'm I'm now a man. I, I don't, can I now say That's this? Long hair. It's long That's than long hair. It's fairly long. You look like George Harrison. I do look like George mm. Harrison. That's basically all I've done. What grown your hair? Is not cut my hair. I've not. I've not even done that. I've not even cut my hair. I've grown so my. So you've hair, grown your hair. Put a lot of effort and come into up it. with reasons for why you haven't cut it. Yeah. And alongside him is a man who has just watched all of season four of Drive to Survive, so I didn't have to. It is Terry La Ballastia Saunders. Hi everyone. Yeah. So we're recording now. Obviously, <laughs> that's how you can hear us. <laughs> oh, I'm out of practice, but um. Yeah, I hadn't watched Drive to Survive, and neither had you two. And because I had the day off, I thought I would watch it all today. And I watched a couple of episodes last night, but I watched, I think I watched seven of the ten episodes today. So that's like a full day's work Ooh. of yeah. being surrounded by some of the most vacuous people <laughs> in the world. And I mean F1 team principals. Not, not like now. <laughs> oh, I no, see. Compared to, um, compared to Christian Horner, you two are delightful. <laughs> Well, see, so Aww, I watched episode one, mm-hmm. and basically, I I really enjoyed the fact that Christian Horner was the the bad the you know the bad in it, mm. and I wondered <laughs> the baddie, yeah, and I wondered whether I've not seen it, so okay, I want well, to know trust me, he is, now. and I wondered whether they really played on that, like, is he as much of a wanker as they make him out to be? I mean, it or could is he, be. Or is he just like an you know, an easy, an easy bad guy. Like, would I be the sort of obvious antagonist if there was a film about us three? Because yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that, yes, that for sure. But um, I mean, there's a lot of heavy editing in Drive to Survive, and I think they make some people, you know, it's a reality TV show. They make some people look worse than they are. But I can be under no doubt after watching seven hours of it that Christian Horner <laughs> is a grade A fucking. <laughs> The stuff I've read on Twitter reacting to it makes it sound like he's David Brent from The Office. He's... Oh. Is that accurate? No, because David Brent at least thought he was... You know, the thing with Christian Horner is he he does this kind of like, oh, everyone's against Red Bull and everything, but he knows what he's fucking doing. He's, he's Machiavellian. He's vindictive little shit. I have no time for him. Cool. Right, it, I'm sure we'll be touching on this in a lot more detail. In the grand weeks. bastion of me having a go at team principles, Frank Williams is now the second most disgusting in Formula One history. That's how. That's wow. how. I feel. We, you have used your c-word quota. Yeah, already. actually, because I want to talk we to Matt about this because action. there is a lot of c-bombs in Drive to Survive, like a lot. But those drivers swear more than I do, so I think we're allowed to up our intake, outtake, output. <laughs> Who was that? Anyway, Chica, have you been up to much over the past three months? No, not huge amounts. No, um, I mean, I guess the only thing that I wanted to, you know, flag up was uh, I am like just about uh, seven months pregnant now. That's why they called him the stallion. Listeners' corner has been prepared by the FIA, but they have only just released a summary, which is. There are listeners, and there's a corner, and we did nothing wrong. So hold fire and follow us on Facebook until we allow you to speak, which will be after the race this weekend. So until then, here is some news. Remember 2021. 
Ah, it was a simpler time when there was a worldwide pandemic that is definitely finished now, right guys? And World War Three seemed a lot further away. Oh yeah, we'd have a great F1 season when, just like Game of Thrones, the end of it fucks everything up. But since then, the FIA has decided that Botchmaster Supreme Michael Massey, he of the race direction and pulling rules out of his ass, will not be race directing anymore. No, he's dead or demoted or working in accounts or something. Instead, for 2022, we'll have two race directors, Niels Wittich and Eduardo Fritas. They've both done race directing for other series and hopefully they'll be less shit. Also back is Herbie Blash, who we remember as a double act with the late Charlie Whiting. Herbie, who is not actually a cheeky Volkswagen Beetle, will be acting as a permanent senior advisor, presumably to tell Wittish and Fritas when they've fucked up. Well, 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 Massey. Messy. No Massey. Messy, Messy. Me- oh, that's, no, that's better. Messy yeah. made a Messy all good. over the CZ, CZ-ony. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the CZ <laughs> that's going to be our new shorthand oh man have you seen CZ4 of Drive oh, to Savitz <laughs> um, well look let's face it obviously if he's been demoted or fired that clearly means that he was wrong and therefore there was someone who is world champion right that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Just because we've changed the rules and got rid of the guy around whom all the controversy was about doesn't mean that anything wrong happened. Uh, what? Right? That doesn't follow. How did you get that? I don't know. How did you get that from the fact that we completely changed everything and got oh. rid of him? And nobody knows where he is or has seen him alive since uh, since then. And not to not to bang on about having seen all the drive to survive, but I will say <laughs> he It's not that he comes across badly in it, but it's a bit like what I said what, when it happened, when I was just like, you feel for him when everyone's just always like radioing. There's a lot of people radioing into him, and it's just like, yeah. That, jo- that job is not for one person. That's his, that's, but that is his job. Well, now it's for two people, Nicholas Witchell and Phil DeFreitas. <laughs> Nicholas Witchell and Phil Mitchell. <laughs> that's right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the BBC Royal Correspondent. will be intrigued to see how he gets on. Uh, it's exciting times. Um, it probably makes a bit more sense that they've got two of them to do it because there's a lot to deal with. I presume one of them's going to be in the phone to all the team principals going, fuck off, fuck off, and the other one's going to be Your call is important to us right now. You are third of the queue. Exactly. Thank you for calling the FIA race directors. If you have a touchtone phone, press the hash key now. And then we've got Herbie Blash. We'll going, Can you fax Herbie it? Blash, Can you fax it? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, get on the telex machine. Um, who presumably Herbie will be sitting in the background when so when they're about to do something stupid like let half the cars through at the end of a race, he'll just tap them on the shoulder and go, Nope. Uh-huh. No no no, I don't think he'll say no. I'll say I think he'll say Are you sure you want to do that? Yeah, well bashing him. No, no, I think he'll just do a hand. kind of yeah, he'll just have a very kind of threatening aura about him, like No no no, if you want to do that, if that's your decision <laughs> and that's what you want to do, you do it. But are you sure? Do you reckon he's connected? Because I reckon him and Charlie Whiting go back to like an old firm. Oh, they are the old firm. Like a sort of I think the craze look up to them. They're properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're what, all Charlie. Oh, like, are you sure? well, you know. Oh, you can do that if you want to do it. You don't owe any money to Charlie. Me, what's going to happen? He'll strap your scrotum to a Formula One tire. <laughs> he'll put one of those pneumatic drills at your ass, and you'll say, and he'll, and he'll make you say thank you. He loved his mum, though. Loved his mum. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, let's hope nothing bad happens to uh, Witchell and Fritillays then. 
because that would be unfortunate if they just happened to end up in uh, you know the foundations of a new circuit. Well, somewhere. you say that uh, Michael Massey is going to be the uh, opening Grand Prix trophy. <laughs> <laughs> just like severed head with his ears pulled out to hold on to no I was thinking more like Han Solo in not Kryptonite was he in Carbonite no Kryptonite that's a, that's a crossover we want to see so another news war breaking Russia is bad horrible shit means no more Russian Grand Prix and no more Nikita Mazepin the GP is off forever Mazepin and his oligarch dad have been given marching orders by Haas and they're taking their gas company, Oralkali, with them. We'll talk more about that in the team section later, but are we sad about no more Sochi? No. I bet Bottas is. That's a good point. That's actually the, probably the best circuit he's ever had. Mm. But um, no, you know, in the grand scheme of all the shit that's going on over there, oh, they don't get their slightly disappointing race around a Winter Olympic village anymore. Oh, well. Where a Putin, where Putin can come at the end, or was it a Putin stand? Oh yeah, he'd rock in with like. with Bernie, wouldn't he? They'd sit in the stands and go, <laughs> "I think I might invade Ukraine." Um, and so did Putin. Maybe that's where he got the idea. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie just wanted sprinklers in Ukraine. <laughs> it's all very sad and an unfortunate uh, side effect, but. Um, you know, not going to lose any. From a purely sporting good point of view, I don't think it's not like they've ditched a good race mm. or anything. So, uh, good no. fucking riddance. Again, really- a drive to survive thing. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to talk about it properly in the state of everyone, but I don't mention this. There's a whole episode with the, with the marzipans, and Jesus Christ, what a. I mean, now they've been sanctioned, they can't even sue me for calling them. <laughs> but marzipan has got a stupid fat face. I hadn't realised. And there's really one fat, bit where his dad. Because he spends, there's like a whole 10 minute segment where he's like, Schumacher's got a better car than me. You've got to give me the same car. It's not fair that you've given him a car that's easier to drive. And it's like, oh, come on, mate. And then Marzipan kind of says to Gunter Steiner, like, oh, um, I'm going to I'm gonna cut the funding unless you give my son equal car. And like, it's like, yeah, you stupid prick. So the fact that this whole sanctioning thing has happened and you can just tell uh, the fact they've done all these sanctions. And then the Netflix series came out. You can just see that Hass actually went, thank fuck for that, as soon as, as, soon as I had to go. <laughs> oh, because, it would have been super awkward if he was still there then. Yeah, everybody <laughs> fucking... No, everyone hates him on that team. You can just tell they all hate him. And he's swearing about how shit the car is the whole time, and it's just... I mean, he's got a point there, yeah, in fact. Obviously, yeah, but he's still... yeah, Even know. a stopped clock, etc. Um, that's episode four, I'm going to say. Good. Just so I can... Total guess. It's early on. It's three or four. Do you remember I showed you a picture of young Putin and said how they look the same? Yes, you're right. Coincidence. Meanwhile, the 2022 F1 season is just around the corner. The rules have changed, the cars are all different, and hopefully they'll be able to race each other when they're not porpoising down the straights like a hyperactive metalhead. The wheels are bigger, the rear wings are wingier, and the noses are higher. Also, the side pods are well random. What is up with that, please? Well, I think there was a fear when all these rules, new rules came in that they were too prescriptive because the whole idea was like, we're not going to let everyone go crazy with their little flick flacks all over their wings and their aero nonsense. We're going to make them... Like, you have to have your wings like this. And there was a fear that all the cars would look the same. The cars do not look all the same. Not at all. Perhaps less no. so than for many a year they're all over the shop particularly around the side pods where side you've got you've got mental. i can't remember what they're all called now you've got the sort of weird flat b spec 
Mercedes side pods, they hide pods as I named them. Um, they've basically just taken them away. The ones on the back of the Aston Martin are just fucking huge. The ones on the Ferrari look like Yorkshire puddings. That wasn't mine. Somebody else came up with that, but it was a good description. I think they're more like just baths. They've just shoved a couple of bathtubs <laughs> on the side. They seem to be working, but more on that later. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I know a lot of people follow F1 for, you know, the, the, the beauty of F1 is there's so many different things you can be interested about in it. And a lot of people go nuts over the engineering. <clears throat> That's never been a particular personal thing for me. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's fine. But this is like, oh no, this is actually quite interesting because they've given them these rules and they've all gone away and they've come out with completely different ideas. And now I want to know which one works best and how many people nick the other ideas. And already Red Bull are moaning about Mercedes saying their cars are legal. And it's just like, oh. I was like the first. Well, we or or are them. they? Or are they? I'm sure we'll get to that. Oh, official, yeah. We've made no official comment about us moaning. Or have they? <laughs> we have never officially sworn on this podcast. Or oh, have we? All of my swears are off the record. So tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at 4F1Sake or find us on Facebook where we're 4F1Sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, though, if you think we are right, then why not buy us a beer or three? That is what these people did, and we thank them now. Anthony Bishop, who says, given that I'm looking forward to FF1S almost more than F1, I should pitch in some beer. Wow. What a dude. Thank you, Anthony. This bit doesn't say much Definitely for F1, but... should. Be honest. I mean, I think it says a lot for us. We are better than F1. <laughs> Stick it on a t-shirt. Ray Glennon, who says, cheers, you slags. I've listened through your entire archive twice now and learned more about F1 from you lot than anyone probably should. Please make sure producer Matt gets a pint out of this. He's the hero we need and yet do not deserve. That is true. Matt is a hero. Yeah. <laughs> Matt has to listen to me swear in his ear at least twice a week. <laughs> yes. Not just in the podcast either. Just calls him up. <laughs> it's going to be beeping Check his own stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. That's very kind. I don't think we've listened to the archive twice. I don't think I've ever listened to the archive. Have you listened to one of the old episodes ever? Only that time that um, we put an old one out. Oh, yeah. Was it about <laughs> three years ago? We just couldn't get one done, so we were like, oh, I'll just put last year's out. It'll be fine. Oh, those are the days. Thank you, Ray. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. Philip Carters, he says, these three pints for Chica after that blinder of a gum clinic joke from part one of the season review. Woman of the match of banter on podcast. Cheers. Yay. What was we're that? Gonna have to take those, we're going to have to take those pints off you, I'm afraid, Chica. Sorry. Yeah, because in your condition, Chica, you can't. <laughs> no. And when Save I say your condition, them. I mean from the results of the gum clinic. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm blind. You've got a disease. Oh, it's like a rap battle. For, for regular listeners, you'll, you'll be happy to know that my love life is, is more settled. Ooh. As we hit March, pre-season of this of Terry's love life. Have you been through, testing, been through and testing? You've got positive results. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Been working on your <laughs> Michael uh. Aben, who says, "Thanks for being my second favorite F1 podcast. You might be second, but you're funnier." Not Thanks. even going to justify that with a response. Well, it depends who it is. Who is it? It could be any number of. We know. We know. It's those beautiful pricks at Mist Apex. Well, um, it could be. Are you saying that's the only podcast that's better than us? Well, it's the only other F1 podcast these days. I mean, I've, there are any other well, ones. Well, there's, there's Checkered Flag, Up the Flag, Doesn't Checkered count. Grid. 
They don't up, care. Up your checkers, live from checkers. Carry on up the grid. <laughs> the racing checkers. <laughs> Miss grid. Checkered apex. When it comes to professional amateur hour podcast. Carry on up the grid. <laughs> yeah. Lock, stock and two smoking pit stops. William Vaughan, who says, well done for last season, but I think you all know you can do better. Cheers. Oh yeah, we know we know we can do better. It's whether we want to. Christian Svagtung, who says, pretty please just say Justin is a wanker. My friend loves this podcast and would shit himself. Laughing guy loves Gunther Steiner. Also, I love what you guys do. Can't wait for next season. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like we can condemn <laughs> Justin without more information. I don't know how you guys. Feel I mean, about the thing it. is, what we know about Justin is he sounds like a prick and he's possibly a, but I don't think Justin's a wanker. <laughs> also, thank you to Ashley Bigham, Ashley Bigham, oh. Kaylin Rogers, best kind of Rogers, what? Ian Laws. <laughs> Where would we be without Laws? Ian. <laughs> That's right. Be <laughs> And Michael Perry. <laughs> He's the shit spicy sauce everyone in England no! seems to go crazy about. Perry Perry's good. I don't know why I'm saying that. I've never been to Nando's. And what? Germans don't know what fucking spicy food is. All they eat is pumpernickel. Pumpernickel. I'll tell you who would sort that out. Michael Perry. He'd sort that out. Thank you, Michael. Unless Michael Perry is Michael Massey's code name. <gasps> okay. Let's not remember we're evidence-based. And thank you to our monthly donors for keeping us in beer all year long. And this week, we celebrate Liam O'Neill, yes. Paul Hewings, yes. Donald Griffin, Keith yes. Russell, Ooh. Ian Cox, yeah. Keith Falconer, Chris yeah. Lee, Jenny Brynard, Bryce yeah. Davies, Andrew Cunningham, Jason R. Bradley, yeah. <laughs> Charlie Fraser. Mad Charlie oh, Fraser. Fuck Charlie Fraser. No. Well, unless he wants to. And if you enjoy what we do, whatever that is, tell us we're going to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. So we've had one official Bahrain test and some kind of guerrilla Barcelona test not sanctioned by F1 or something. We learned about porpoising and ground effects and all the excitement of the new rules, but also new liveries. So let's start with Mercedes. Every year they say they are struggling, but this year they say they are struggling. Mm -hmm. They have the worst porpoising problems and their livery is a bit racist. Phil, please explain what is porpoising. Porpoising, Paw Patrol, different things. Porpoising, well, all the cars this year, the new rules mean less reliance on over-the-top aerodynamics because... If you're stuck in a stuck behind a car with dirty air and you're relying on your front wing predominantly <clears throat> and your fancy flick flacks on the side for downforce, it messes it all up and it's more difficult. You can't follow and the racing's crap. So, the new rules with the new uh, have new aerodynamic priorities, prioritizing something called ground effect, which is basically whereby Charlie Dimmock. <laughs> that's right. I just saw that. If we've got any Netflix viewers coming in, uh, Ground Force was a bit like changing rooms. Hope that helps. <laughs> but in gardens, ground effect is essentially the idea that instead of having air going over the top of the car to push it down, you have air going underneath the car, and through clever aerodynamic wizardry, it basically sucks the car to the floor using the underfloor thing. 
Yes, exactly like, like that. Like Charlie Dimmock. Like Charlie Dimmock. <laughs> she was famed for not having ground, ground effect. effect. <laughs> um, the issue with this is that you are sort of reliant on a seal of sorts. Not the, not the, arr, 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 but arr, uh, like, arr, yeah, arr. exactly. No, not that. You're reliant I on. We're talking about porpoising. Film. You're reliant on some sort of aero seal under the car to continue that sort of sucking down effect and keep the car on the ground. The problem that the teams seem to be having is that a little bit at Barcelona, but particularly at Bahrain, if for any reason that seal between the bottom of the car and the the track gets broken and they lose the ground effect, it then they then sort of lose it and get it and lose it and get it and lose it and get it and lose it and get it, and it sort of multiplies and you get this sort of porpoising effect where there was one really good shot i think it was of pierre gasly going down the straight basically looked like he was head banging to heavy metal um where the car basically goes and that's porpoising and that is a very technical way of explaining it and i hope you enjoyed and understand it now but why the word porpoising that is a better question it's latin (laughs) (laughs) what's it latin for chica you're our resident latin expert Bumpy, 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 <laughs> bumpy, bumpy, bumpy. Ah, you mean you mean the Greek tragedies? Yes. Somebody, <laughs> somebody married a doctor. So uh. I think it's called. It was, sorry, they called it porpoising because it was called porpoising in the seventies. Was it? Because ground when effect was original, big in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Right. Way before ground force. Yeah. Um, and they called it porpoising then, and the name has stuck. But I think, knowing the 70s as they were, porpoising was probably slang for some dirty sex act. And the, <laughs> the, the mechanic smoking Rothmans were like, yeah. boy, it looks like he's porpoising that. Have, like you, a, have you seen James Hunt? Like he's, he's late for practice. Oh, he's round the back with porpoising with some air stewardesses. Yeah, he was porpoising. I heard him porpoising in the microwave last night. Like, oh, that thing was bouncing up and down. Oh, like a porpoise. Well, probably, to be honest, it was probably someone like Gilles Villeneuve actually fucking a dolphin. And that's where it came from. <laughs> Because the 60s were crazy in Formula 1. The 60s? She'll feel was around in the 60s. Okay, fine. Oh, I don't fucking know. Like, anyone listening to this doesn't know either. Oh, okay, I can be making up names at this point. Oh, oh, Willie Tripod, <laughs> not in 64 world champion. He was great, wasn't he? Uh, he was good, actually. Rest in peace. Um, he's not dead. He's not dead. Oh, actually, I saw him at Goodwood a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's been kept cryogenically alive <laughs> against his will. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, porpoising. That's great. Um, just quickly, obviously, uh, Hamilton did his usual um, the spiel of, oh, you know, I think, you know, we're not going to win. We're not going to win anything, etc. How do you know if a Mercedes is lying? And that's not a joke. Um, I think in the day when it was like, you know, Hamilton and Rosberg and they were 20 seconds ahead of everybody, they'd always say that just to make everyone else feel better. I do feel like the analysis from other people does seem to say they are at least... I mean, and when we're talking about struggle, Mercedes struggling means they're the second or third best team. It's not, you know, they're yeah. not at the bottom of the grid. It's not them and Haas. Yeah. But it does feel like, annoyingly, they're not going to be great this year. Which, well, you know, after la- after the end of last year with Hamilton and everything, and would he, is he going to quit? Is he going to come back? And it's like, oh, should he, maybe he should have quit. Mm. But it, it does seem from from speak from speaking to them like I've spoken to the drivers <laughs> from hearing the drivers not with that hair and hearing <laughs> no, like, oh Antonio welcome back shouldn't you be in Formula E? <laughs> um, I thought it was an IndyCar. I see, I don't know. It's all the same, isn't it? IndyCar is just American Formula E. Um, what I understand is that Mercedes think they have a pretty 
fundamentally good car, but the porpoising's getting in the way. And they reckon if they can get a handle on that, then the car will be good. But this is sort of from page three of the big book of Formula One excuses and could turn out to be absolute bollocks along the lines of like, oh no, it's just the Renault engine. If they could sort the engine out, we'd be the quickest team on the grid. Um, so who knows? Let's wait and see. Uh. But can we just say they've gone back to the silver car? Yes. Because George, George Russell's come in. I so. think racism is solved. Yeah. Or George Russell is like really fucking racist. Yeah, he was like, I'm not having it. Not having it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he wanted um, a really pointy aero cover on the top. <laughs> wanted the car white like it was before they shaved it off for the paint. So what they've got is apparently they've got two sticky out bits of the cockpit on the side, which are the crash mm. structure, the crash thingy, you know, the safety thing. And they basically, it's like they've just draped a sheet over that. It's just kind of gone, and away. <laughs> <laughs> It's very curious, isn't it? There's, there is, I, I do like that there are some unusual... It's not often in the past... How long? I mean, a long time when you've looked at a car and gone, ooh, apart from the dong nose, that was the last time that I can sort of remember that, when all the cars came oh, out. Oh, can we just talk about how the front and the rear wings look amazing this year? They do, although the front, the fronts are so high. That's the only thing I've noticed. They oh, look, they are like, really they look like they're up they... in the air. Yeah, it looks like because when I first saw the footage, I was like, I think they've left the jack underneath that car. <laughs> but even watching Drive to Survive, it was like, you know, last year they had the little kind of, it would come to a point and then like do a little kind of right angle, then another little stubby point at the front. And it's like now everything's slick and nice. There's none of these little flicks everywhere. And they all flick up at the end. And the rear wing, I like the rear wing, it's all kind of bendy it's and curvy. It's bigger than I expected it to be. Thank you, but we're talking about the real wing film. <laughs> um, I'm, in, I'm excited to see the Monza spec ones, which hopefully are like half the size. Because they're a little bit Ooh. more, they're, they're a bit out of proportion from what I was expecting. I thought they'd be a little bit, Fair. they look a bit kind of like meh, like big aero brakes or something. But but overall, yeah, no, I think the cars look good. Red Bull. They're cocky little shits. <laughs> Great preseason testing all round. Then on the last day, boom! They revealed an even better car. Were you expecting that? No, that's a Mercedes play, isn't it? I think they out Mercedes. Mm, yeah. Mercedes were just like, oh, you know that, you know that car we had at the first, uh, the first test. Yeah, that's not the real one. This is the real one. No side pods. Fuck you. And then Red Bull were like, oh yeah, that's really interesting. Oh no, we're really worried. Oh by the way, here's our, here's our new car with our new side pods, and it's half a second faster Fuck than everybody else. You. But why don't get like they were they were I mean I know I know why they do it because they're doing this whole fake news thing but they're doing this kind of like oh we're going to complain that Mercedes have got illegal side pods or did they as we'll talk about I'm sure in a second but then the next day they come out with their own car that also doesn't have side pods that is surely just as illegal as the car they said was illegal the day before yeah but they didn't say that or did they say that did anyone say anything well I think was I there think even any the testing this is the beginning of the undoing of the Christian Hornering because he. <laughs> apparently had a conversation with a very respected Formula 1 journalist who then reported... And, and this, that should be stressed, very respected. Yes. Um, whose name I've forgotten. Is it Michael, Michael Schmidt? You know. For the, guy, the know. German guy from Auto Motor and Sport. He's been in it for decades. Like, if there, it's yeah. not just some chance of making it up to, you know, stick he's on his block. He's not Apex. You know, Ooh, this is a proper... shots fired early. <laughs> no, come on. I mean, I'm just saying that because he's not Mr. Apex. He's a proper journalist. And I think even Mr. Apex would agree that they're not proper journalists. However, we <laughs> no, um. <laughs> no, I, I am just not an F one. Oh, you are, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Christian Horner 
was having a conversation with this bloke, Spanners, and said, we think that car's illegal, Mercedes are shit, we hate them, they smell, all, all the stuff you pa- normally Paraphrasing, say, you know. but yes. Well, I was, I was even going to say he got leaked to the press, but no, the journalist who the person had spoken to reported it in the press, as is his job. And then Red Bull started going, Christian Horner didn't say that. How dare you imply that Christian Horner would slag off another team? Oh, God, oh. <laughs> Do you know who he is? He wouldn't ever impinge the reputation of someone else because that's his fucking entire fucking raison d'etre. <laughs> Del boy. And, um, and then Red Bull over the day slowly backed it off to be just like, there's, there's been no official Red Bull comment. Yeah, he didn't say it. This. He didn't officially say it. And now Red Bull didn't say it. You can't prove that. Yeah. You, how can a can of drink say anything? Yeah, what are you yeah. talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> what is Formula One? Yeah. Ooh. Formula One? Stupid. What? What's that? So I think Christian Horner has gone mad with power. Now I don't trust okay. anything they say. <laughs> <laughs> like I, Christian Horner would say, oh, we did really well today. Did you? Did you, Christian? Exactly. He's become Donald Trump. He is Ooh. the Donald Trump of F1. McLaren! Other than breaking issues, overheating, and an exciting, mysterious illness that turned out to be just COVID, it's been a relatively stress free testing for McLaren. Can they sort out all their problems, mechanical and medical, by the weekend? Maybe. It's not a great start for Ricardo <laughs> after his dismal season last season. He started it by getting COVID and missing testing. Not yeah. ideal. He's not even in the picture. But just yes. the way they spent all this time going like, oh, he's a bit ill. We don't know what it is. And it's like, you know, there's a pandemic. You know, it's still happening, right? <laughs> I think it's probably COVID. A lot, a lot oh, of people got... seem to have missed that. that the pandemic's still going on, guys. Not in just because we're, can- we're now cancelling races for war instead of COVID doesn't mean the COVID's gone away. So as an aside, what are the rules there about mask wearing? In the UK? In the UK. Oh, all bets are off. It's crap. Still FFP. Well, it's it's good if you don't. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes. Let's not get into this massive debate because a lot of people are like, "Woo, no more masks." But for those of us who have vulnerable people in the family, which I do, it's a bit crap because now we can't really go anywhere. In Germany, we all wear masks and we're told what to do, and we love it. It's the way to do it. Yeah. Anyway, um, McLaren. Yeah, they were good in Barcelona, and I thought. Because I was, I was feeling all nostalgic for the kind of the first Honda test, you know, where they didn't even get it out of the garage because everything broke. And I was like, oh, haven't they come a long way? They got a one-two last year, and now they're doing really well. And then they got to Bahrain, and turns out they're a bit shit. Well, it's looking like it might be at the top half of the midfield again, <laughs> which is probably where they were before. Um, oh, it's just... If you know, Monza. if they're if they're lucky, they might pick up a one-two in Monza. But how has this happened? How have they changed every single rule, and it's basically the same? I thought the whole point of this was all the teams thought they were going to win the championship this year. Well, let's, we've done the first test, and it's like, well, it's between happens. Ferrari and Red Bull, and Fer- no, it's between it's between Mercedes and Red Bull, and Ferrari are there, but they'll probably fuck it up. And then there's McLaren, it, and it looks Alpine like Merce- and it looks like Mercedes and Ferrari have swapped. Maybe, but Ferrari will fuck it up. Probably. That seems to be about it. Do you know that Ferrari are always pissed? <laughs> I'm not even joking. Apparently, John Barnard, when he worked for Ferrari, I heard this on another podcast, so, you know, it's fine. One of the rules he said when he got into Ferrari was, was he insisted that all the mechanics stop drinking during the race. <laughs> <laughs> Boring. 
let's let's move on to Ferrari then. The, can we just talk about the McLaren livery before we do? Because mm-hmm. they've oh, before that we haven't mentioned the Red Bull livery, which is the same as every other fucking yeah. Year. Moving it almost on, goes without oh, okay. saying. The McLaren livery, however, is. Mm. Do you remember last season they had the meh livery, last but then season. they had the then they had the golf livery at Monaco, Didn't and everyone was like, "That's yeah. fucking brilliant." Apart from Terry, Didn't apparently, I. I loved it. And this new livery is more like the golf one, and I really like it. I don't like this nostalgia fest of liveries of using the colour scheme of an old sponsor but not having that sponsor. So when Lotus did it, they haven't got a golf, have they? I think so. Maybe not as a major sponsor, but I can't remember. I don't care. It looks good. Anyway, I don't like it. It's like when they had the John Player special colours on the Lotus the other year. Oh, the rich energy, the rich energy colours as well on the hearts. What exactly was the John Player special? No, I'm I'm down with it. I think they should. um, I think they should only be allowed them. I think it's a great idea. Do you remember Nostalgia? It was good, wasn't it? I loved it. I used to love it. Okay, Ferrari. Ferrari impressed. How? By being quite fast, not trying to fuck with people's minds and nothing breaking. Anything else stand out? Carlos Sainz is very good. Mm -hmm. I think he's better than Leclerc. I think (sighs) he's going to... Well, he beat Leclerc last year. He did, Um, yes. I'd have to break down the luck factor of that before I could comment. I've had three months to do it. I haven't done it. Um, There's a great bit in Drive to Survive both where good. he he talks to Yuki Tsunoda and he's like, oh, Yuki, you're good today. And I was like, I think Carlos Sainz is a lovely bloke. And I'm in my old age, I love drivers who seem to be lovely people. So Carlos Sainz. What about his cousin? My new favourite driver. His cousin wasn't even in Drive to Survive. So I can only really? Been they fired. get rid of him? Yeah, yeah he's been axed. Maybe that maybe that was what was holding him back. I think it was. That's Although the, the Ferrari livery, success. the Ferrari livery has got a very weird scabby, oh. scabby arm color. No, I like it. I like that. I like the Ferrari livery. It reminds me of some of the old ones from the late eighties. Let's say. No, it's too dark. It's I, too I rather dark. like it. You guys like don't it. have the same taste, do you? In liveries, turns in, out. In, in, in pretty not. much everything. To be no. fair. Although I do have a hat very similar to that. We're music. both wearing grey. And glasses and beards and headphones. We've got the same headphones. Yeah, but oh. mine are broken. Oh yeah. Okay, moving on. Aston Ferrari Martin. Nothing went wrong, and I like the new car. What we need to talk about though is Aston Martin's lack of intervention with Vettel's hair. Will he be groomed for the next for the first race of the season? I don't think I've seen Vettel's hair. What's he done this year? Oh, that's just too much. He needs a good cut. Is that was that the opposite from was the start last year? He had the buzz cut that looked like he was bold, looked like he got receding hair, which was very confusing. Yeah, and then, I still can't work out if that was real or not. It's a year later, and I'm still not convinced. Now he's got lots of hair. I prefer the. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of the hirsuteness, as we've discovered. Um, so I, I'd say, I mean, he's given up now. He's he's like an aging hippie F1 driver. He's growing his hair, growing his beard. He's becoming like swampy. He's got no war written on his helmet. He just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, he's not any good at driving. What was anymore, it? He had he's a sort of. He's, he's like it, keeping it real. Bit of um, what was it? He had to take. He had to take that. He had to take it off his helmet though, because he had it. Was it a disputed bit? Oh, of the, his, no, that was flag. yeah. That was his um, his helmet designer Jens Munzer had um, had just. It basically had. He was like, like, can't we all just get along, guys? That was the general gist of his helmet. It's like Ukraine, no war, guys. Can't we just all get along? And he basically put all the flags of the world around the bottom of the uh, 
around the bottom of the helmet but unfortunately Jens Munzer who designs his helmet had not checked he'd just got like generic flag set number one from the internet stuck it on the bottom of his helmet not realising that one of the flags was a bit um, shall we say controversial in the sort of the Cyprus area between the Turks and the Greeks and it all came and, and the swastika was pretty bad news as well <laughs> <laughs> I think Vettel should have noticed that but anyway <coughs> so uh, yeah that was a bit of fun wasn't it can't do anything in F1 without somebody getting but annoyed about those it. those side pods, talking of Vettel's hair, the side pods on the... I mean, the side pods need a bit of a cut on the Aston Martin. They're big old chonkers, aren't they? Whoa. They're like big, fat, um, kind of... What, what era of the cars was it when they were... I think it was early 80s, probably the Grand Effect ones, where the, the side pods were just like, we want to make this car a rectangle, and we're going to just push it out to the Yeah, limits. it was around there, was it? Sort of a fan car, and those, those, the, the, the yellow and white and black Renaults with their yeah. great chunking And they've got all these, like, they've got like 100 louvers at the top of each side pod, and it just... To me, it's a car that I hope it's quick, because it looks ugly <laughs> to me. But I do it like the livery. Horrible. I do like the livery, though. I think the green and the, they've got rid of the pink now. Yeah, The pink's gone. True. Pink's gone to Alpine, which we'll touch on. So that's all gone. I, it's just a nice green, and then there's the bits of the bright yellow. I think it looks rather nice. But I agree, the car itself. Urgh. But, it, yeah. you know, it dresses up nicely. Livery is a bit Lloyd's Bank to me. <laughs> you know, you'd expect to... I mean, unless a massive black horse just is there on the grid as well. going. Well, yeah, it's on the Ferrari. Alpha Tauri! The car looks nice, they've got Gasly, but then again, they've got Sonoda. Has anything you've seen made you think that they will be the dark horses... Of Nay. the season, Ray. Oh. Sonoda is my favourite driver. So go on then, give us your Sonoda soliloquy. There's a bit where they say because he has to live in Milton Keynes because of Red Bull and everything, and he just says this is the most boring place on earth. <laughs> They're like, oh well, had to ingratiate yourself with the with the locals. And he's got he point. swears a lot. They, they he's know. really angry. He talks about going for a poo a lot. Um, <laughs> There's a bit where they're doing... Honestly, the episode about him is just phenomenal because there's a bit where they've got to do some photo shoot for the Alpha Tauri clothes that no one's ever heard of and he's got to lie in a bed and he goes, should we film a porn? <laughs> I'm just like, I love this guy. Why did we get to see more of him? I know we didn't get to see more of him because he's got a potty mouth. And there's a bit where they basically say that he's learned his English through race mechanics. So oh. he only knows how to swear. <laughs> So there's a weird moment in the in the episode where they kind of basically say, look, you've got to stop being so negative about the car. Because basically, he's doing shit with the car, and he's like, this fucking car is a piece of shit. I fucking hate this car. And it seems it's a slight language barrier that he doesn't know how to express. Well, he, doesn't he doesn't realise he's absolutely laying into everyone. Yeah. Well, maybe I should watch that episode. Which episode's that? Uh, I watched them all in a row. I don't know. It's a uh, Netflix blob. Maybe six or seven. I'll, I'll wait for the four-minute YouTube supercut. Yeah, yeah. Alpine, let's talk about the livery and tell me about the colours. What do you think? Well, the liveries. Every now and yeah. again in Formula One, they're like, what if we had more than one livery? Um, so Alpine are blue. And that's all oh. they bang on about is how blue yeah. they are. Mm. Blue like the Alps. Blue, blue like the sky. Blue like the sea. Blue like Renault. Blue like the band blue. Blue like the band blue. Blue Lagoon, blue velvet, blue Monday. <laughs> Betty blue and the big blue eyes. Um, but then BWT, the former sponsor of Racing Point, stopped sponsoring Aston Martin because of the colour clash, I think. 
And now they've gone to sponsor Alpine. So Alpine now has a blue car with bits of pink. But for the first, I think, two races, the entire car is pink, which means it's the Force India from a couple of yeah, years ago. It's just, it's just a racing point now. <laughs> with Esteban Ocon driving. It's very confusing. Yeah. And with and with Otmar Shoshaf now are looking after it as well. It's basically just racing point. <laughs> it's a pink Mercedes, but a Renault. It's a bit like, I remember in the 90s, if you ever watched IndyCar, there would be Marlboro IndyCar sponsored by Marlboro. So you'd be like, oh, that must be McLaren. And you're like, no, no, it's just another car sponsored. <laughs> this is Penske. And you're like, I don't know what that is. I'm a nine-year-old boy. <laughs> <coughs> What's a Penske? I only know cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, don't show me your Penske. <laughs> I don't know where this uh, is going. So it's it's not a great... And then the, the normal livery, which is like blue and pink, is, is, is quite 80s. Not sure if I like it or not. I'll have to wait and see. It's a bit like the Onyx. Do you remember the Onyx team? Yes, it is quite like that. Was it yeah. also uh, Pacific? They was were it maybe purple. or Life? I can't remember. Oh, there was another Pacific. shit team from way back in the day that had pink and blue. Purple, p- pinky blue is definitely the. Yeah, it's the color of the shit team. I don't know why more teams don't understand that some colors make their cars shit. Yeah, but I suppose when you're scrabbling for money, you just go with whoever you want. Oh my god, what color are they? Ah, oh, but they've got fifty million quid. But oh, the car so also we've doesn't. The, we've got doesn't to do the Russian flag. <laughs> yes, oh, on our American. It's, no, it's the same colours as the American flag. It's the American. Do you remember yeah. that when Haas came out with their obviously Russian livery and Peter? There is Windsor, a moment in this. Peter in the Windsor says, "Oh, it's so American." It's like, what are you looking at? Do we want to comment on the Alpine not looking very quick? Well, it looked a bit. The Alpine did look a little bit quick on the last day, but the rest of the test, it looked like. It looked like classic Alonso. Alonso's come back into Formula One. Yeah. He's done a couple of years in a shit car because there's a big rule change coming. The rule change has come along and hey ho, Alonso's in a shit car. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, mate, <laughs> who would have up? Who would have thought that the team that can't keep a team principle for more than twenty five minutes and is continually changing everything about everything it does doesn't have it together that well for the new season yeah. and is a bit all over the shop. Um do, yeah. do we think Alonso's gonna do the year? Probably, because what else is he going to do? Go back to IndyCar again? Just retire. Just fucking retire. He won't. He's got to race. He doesn't know anything else. Whatever you think about Alonso, and we think a lot of things about Alonso, he fucking loves racing. Like, he'll race anything. Because, as some people know, I used to live in the Middle East, and I've still got friends over there. Whenever he's not racing, he's at Dubai karting. He karts at Dubai all the fucking time. He doesn't have to. He's got his own karting track in Spain. This sounds like a joke, but I think he would be great for Formula E. Like he would be the I think first he'd rather name, be karting. but he would be the first name in Formula E, and you know that he joined a team that like. Hey, goes, that's what? a bit harsh. There's Nick DeFries, Massa, that guy from Red Bull, Felipe Massa, Massa. You know the old race director. But you know, you also know Alonso. Alonso would, Alonso would join a Formula E team where they'd be like batteries. Oh, <laughs> we deserve yeah. like a little crank. <laughs> we thought you said Formula Steam. Alfa Romeo. Ugh. After Barcelona, things weren't looking good for the new Alphas, Bottas and Zoo. But whatever they did between then and Bahrain worked. Bottas looks cute in the livery. What did you think? They had really bad porpoising problems to the point that when they did the shakedown, the porpoising was so bad it broke the floor. But they seem to have fixed it a bit. And then the car seems not shit. Does it? Now, not shit in Formula 1 means seventh, which is about where Alpha always come. But I think Bottas is going to be 
for the first half of the season, he's going to be hungry to prove himself. Then he's going to realise that he has to settle into the Kimi Raikkonen role, which is just to be finished and not give a shit anymore and take the paycheck. And Zoo will just be forgettable, like Giovinazzi. I think it's business as usual for Avril Romeo. It does seem like but, they'll be towards the back of the midfield. But I think the livery is a bit 90s shit team. I mean, I don't hate it, but neither do I love it. It's just kind like of it. meh. It's, it's, it's very fine. shiny. The, the Alpha the alpha doesn't... I mean, it doesn't seem fast, obviously, but it doesn't seem shit slow. But they did seem to have all sorts of reliability problems. And they, perhaps good or bad, they seem to have a lot of different reliability problems. Whether that's just it's all teething trouble and there's nothing major and it's just a few little bits and bobs. Is that better than having one massive reliability problem? I well, they know. did say it was fast but fragile. So like, when it works, mm. it seems to go all right, which means that they might just occasionally get a good result. Do, qualif- which, do well in qualifying and then go out on lap four. Which, But isn't that how an alpha team should be that's probably the case yes it should be incredibly beautiful and incredibly unreliable yeah all right no they're doing the the front row and then blow up (laughs) williams things were looking good for williams until the fire on day two which they wouldn't explain because it was apparently too stupid to talk about i think latifi was smoking while driving what is your theory (laughs) i think it's just latifi they just think he's too stupid to talk about which no, is harsh, actually, because he seems really nice. They've left something in the car, haven't they? Yeah, sandwich bags. They've left or... a spanner in the rail. You know, someone's yeah. lunch in the in the air conduct air cooling unit, or the Kurs was filled with spam, or <laughs> I don't know fireworks. Maldonado yeah. came in and went. Last time I was at Williams, there was a fire. Oops. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but to say it was too stupid to talk about it just means we're going to have to talk about it. We're going to have to speculate mm-hmm. wildly. Somehow, a mechanic has left a glove in the airbox. Yeah, maybe Latifi was just having a quick fag. Spare race helmet, just lodged in the back. <laughs> they hadn't taken the cellophane off the engine. Or maybe Albon's mum had just stashed a dead body in the radiator. <laughs> <laughs> or just... Probably not... No, dead uh, body's a bit harsh. Probably just a bunch of cash from her last heist. <laughs> they, um, so we can get it through customs. They don't look awful but then they, nobody they looks do. awful they look awful do they yeah they're last they're dead last mm. and they don't have russell in the car anymore to make it good they are no that is a good point i mean Albon's not terrible but i don't think he's as good as the other gang of 2018 or whatever it was the yeah. norris and and russell and exactly well, and i him. think we're basically williams are in for another long shit season oh that'd be a shame and again, I'm just, I'm not annoyed. I'm just disappointed <laughs> that after all of these years of talks about these new rules and everyone going, oh, it's going to change the order. And this is everyone's, every team's chance to get back into Formula One. It's not going to be the big three. We've got the sliding scale of wind tunnel testing and blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, nope, nope, Williams at last. <sighs> Alpha looks shit. That is, that is the major <sighs> disappointment. It, 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 some of it does look a little bit in the air, but on the other hand, it also doesn't look that much in the air. It does seem like, apart well, from Ferrari and um, Mercedes swapping places, everyone else is pretty much where you'd expect them to be. And on the plus side, it looks close, because you know normally when there's a new rule change... That's true. The teams are really spread out. Yeah, they're not like separated like, by 10 seconds or anything like that. Well, it used to be like for the first year of a rule change, the cars would always finish two by two like a mm. fucking Noah's Ark unless a car broke down because it was the gap was so big so it feels like it's close which is good yes <laughs> and so after Russia boo 
was out, Haas decided to pursue peace with Danish Kevin Magnussen. Were you surprised by this? And did you think they'd choose another driver from a different non-aggressive country? I sort of hoped against hope that they might have somebody a bit more interesting, but I guess Magnussen makes quite a lot of sense. I mean, he knows the team. Yeah, he's, he's quite experienced. Enough. He's not bad. He wasn't he's doing got anything the last better. Minute. Yeah. He's got a terrible tattoo on his chest. I mean, Captain Pot meets <laughs> Senor Whoa. Kettle. Whoa. Oh, you're not go- Sorry, you haven't gone on his chest, have you? I haven't. <laughs> I've got good tattoos, thank you, Phil. Yeah, the cat ones are good. Wow. <laughs> Not have you had any, have you had any more since the off season? I've got one on my chest. <laughs> <laughs> it's of Kevin Magnuson. It's <laughs> yes. lucky, wasn't it's it? Kevin Magnuson. Well, it's yeah. Kevin Magnuson's butt cheeks. It didn't work out well. Oh. Um, um, it gives us old material. We can go back to the ball sucking jokes. That's good. Um, he'll be fine. He's, he's a solid pair of hands, that. isn't he? You know, he's and he'll probably be. He'll be a much better benchmark for Mick Schumacher as well because I don't think because compared to Mazepin uh, Schumacher looked like a fucking driving god and yet still I don't think had that good season last year so now I think we'll see where Schumacher is because Magnussen is a decent jobbing driver he's been around various teams he's been it for years he's he's fine he's a good driver and you know what after a year out he might have a bit of hunger back and not just oh, uh, he might be shit, he might be shit for a few races but you know he can he he's the kind of driver that you know you're not terribly surprised if he has a bad weekend but then you're not you know completely blown away if he has a really good weekend and somehow you know ends up somewhere near the podium you know with mm. if behind him if the wind's behind him and you know all that kind of stuff so it's probably a good choice in some ways it's a shame that they didn't get uh, someone like Oscar Piastri in who was the F2 champion last year and hasn't had a drive because he hadn't got enough money but uh, and some people were thinking that Giovinazzi might come back because he's got the Ferrari connection and again he was just doing Formula E so nothing important um, but Magnuson if you if you were to offer Magnuson over Giovinazzi I think I'd go yeah probably Magnuson so it's probably a good decision but the car doesn't look amazing uh-huh. and uh-huh. neither well actually the livery looks better now they've stripped all the Russian stuff off it oh yeah I mean maybe they'll be alright I don't know we'll see And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Or should I say, the State of Drive to Survive with Terry Saunders. Like a once dominant F1 team, Drive to Survive has come out of the blocks this year with a slightly duff entry. It's brought in in a ton of people to the sport, stoked up a bunch of fandoms, and now has to deal with the problem of betraying a season of Lewis versus Verstappen and somehow trying not to alienate the increasingly partisan fans of either. Another problem that the show has is that I don't think it knows who it's aimed at anymore. Its genius in season one and two was getting all these new fans hooked on Formula One to the frustration of us diehards by doing treasonous things like making Formula One look interesting and explaining the basic things and putting it to non-Fleetwood Mac-based music. <laughs> but by season four, they've painted themselves into a corner of somehow still trying to explain everything as if everyone is new, despite most of the audience having learned all those things in the last three years. So we're in this weird position where there's a whole episode introducing us to Esteban Ocon and his backstory, and everyone's like, yeah, we know, you told us last year. And you've got a feel for Will Buxton, who seems to have become a full parody of himself, as they seem to have given him a full day wearing the same clothes, having to explain every fucking thing in Formula One that is remotely confusing, as in all of it. And he has to do all the heavy lifting, peaking when he basically has to tell us what a flag is. But don't worry, I have a verdict. 
to give the season some credit, they actually handled the absolute farce of the Abu Dhabi race very well. And it actually made me like Lewis a little bit more and even hate Max a little less. Why? Because it seems to be clear now that Max has been groomed by Christian Horner into the little shit that he is now. A toxic Red Bull attitude, <laughs> higher their own supply of gaslighting and toxic masculinity. Horner, who this year is like a cat who recognises himself in the mirror and likes what he sees. <laughs> and what he sees is him being the cool stepdad to Max Verstappen, the one who buys him ice cream and tells him that the other kids are all bullies. It actually made me wonder what kind of driver Max would be if he had signed with Mercedes. And instead of Horner as an F1 daddy, he would instead have had Toto, who would wrap a strong and occasionally slightly menacing arm around him, banging on about pumpernickel. <laughs> And that might mean we could have avoided the fucking segments of Christian and Jerry Horner riding horses in the countryside like a Hello magazine that has become sentient, where they banally discuss who their favourite driver is and unbeknownly let onto the viewing world that they've clearly never had a real conversation in their entire lives. <laughs> it's, it's ultimately still good for the sport, but I think, like F1, it needs a bit of a rule change every now and again. Watching them all collect the clapperboard is about as exciting as bargeboards. And even though there were 400 races last year, for some reason, the whole season is the same four races repeated again and again, which when you watch it in one day, is absolutely excruciating. <laughs> but I will give them something. Even with whizzy editing, super music, and no need for that linear time shit, not even Drive to Survive can make Monaco look interesting. <laughs> Honestly, the Monica episode was like pulling teeth. It's like they, they edited the whole Grand Prix down to like three minutes and it's like, but I can't even do three minutes. Of it. <laughs> that is it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about the fact that we have a mailing list. If you're new to F1, new to this podcast, first of all, sorry. Second of all, why not get more of us, but in written form uh, on a Monday after a race where we almost always do some sort of newsletter with... Oh, just hilarity. Terry, would you say hilarity? No. no. We do a newsletter no. with some things no. in it, and you should sign up. Chica, we'll tell you where. ff1s.com forward slash news, news, news. Boom. And Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about Oscar Piastri, who has been confirmed as a McLaren reserve driver on the off chance that Daniel Ricciardo <gasps> can't drive because of COVID. Which is kind of weird because McLaren do have reserve drivers, but it looks like they've not updated the list of ages because it's like. But don't they have it's... loads of reserve drivers? Don't yeah, they have Stoffel Van Dorn like and Van Dorn Nick De Davidson and Nigel Mansell or something? Emerson Fittipaldi. Alan Jones. Ben Senna's coming back for a one off race. We'll be back next week to discuss the Bahrain Grand Prix. But in the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake. And follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. And Terry, where can people buy merch? FF1S forward slash dot com shop dash shop 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 shop. Oh, Terry, there are new listeners. They need to know the real address. FF1S.com forward slash shop. That'll be the last time you hear that this year. Thanks for listening. See you in a few days. I've been Chica Labalestia Airs. Goodbye. Bye. Podcast Network.